everybody. It's Rob Benedict. And Richard Spate Jr. And we are back. We're back, Robbie. It's 2023, man. 2023. Happy New Year to everybody. Haven't seen you since last year, Robbie. Gosh, it's been since last year. I haven't even seen you. Like three, four days ago. Whatever. Point of this was last year. It's season three. I don't envy season three because season two was so freaking good. Yeah. The last season I'd want to be right now is season three, trying to follow up season two. Yeah, I was. Uh, we're talking about episode one, and I was already angry for the first fifteen minutes because, like, well, you're not season two. Don't even dress. <laughs> oh, I see you're wearing season two's outfit. Clever. I see right through your act, season three. <laughs> so happy New Year, everyone. Hope you had a fun <laughs> holiday. And let's yep. get into what this episode was about. It's an evening in Oak Park, Illinois, which is an area of a Chicago suburb I know well. Your hometown. That's right. Walter Rosen is taking out the trash when dark. Oh, wait, clouds. it's not your hometown though. Not at all. Never. No, but never but I, how come when I said your hometown, he said that's right. Because that's not your that's, hometown. Because I just yes handed you. I don't want you to yell. I don't want you to mislead people. I'm not from Oak Park, Illinois, but I know it well because I. Wow, went to way to kill the illusion. We had him going that you were from Oak Park, and now you just squashed that one. Jeez. I'm sure everybody's crushed, <laughs> heartbroken. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> it's all the time we have. Walter Rosen is taking out the trash when dark clouds start to form in the sky. When you say taking out the trash, you mean like cleaning up the town? Yeah, like, yeah he's taking he's out the much, trash. Too much crime in this Taking bird. out the riffraff. Yeah. Uh, a black cloud streams into his body, as the demons do, and possesses him. Oh, wow. Bummer. Meanwhile, Dean is enjoying some personal time with a young lady while Sam is studying Faustian deals to see if there's a way to save his brother. Bobby calls and reports that there's been a locust swarm and a crop failure in Nebraska. Oh, man. First sign that he's found of demon activity since the Devil's Gate was opened back in Wyoming. Yeah, let's not forget that the end of season two, they opened the Devil's Gate. Yeah, they opened the Devil's Gate. Dean's got a year to live and... That's where we're at. Right. Bobby and the brothers meet up at a farmhouse where a family seems to have starved to death sitting on the couch, but with a kitchen stocked with food. Great blues band, by the way, out of Oak Park, uh, Bobby and the Brothers. This outstanding, <laughs> just rock solid, going to dance all night, get your, get your beer on. You know what I mean? Well, and they really put Oak Park on the map. Your hometown. In my hometown. <laughs> the, the three start to search the house. Suddenly, Dean is jumped by someone. They come to understand this is Isaac, a fellow hunter. He's in the house with his wife, Tamara, who's also a hunter. Back at the couple's home, the hunters compare notes about demon activity since the Devil's Gate opened. Isaac and Tamara have no interest in working with the Winchesters. They blame the boys for opening the gate and releasing all the demons. Yeah, they throw a lot of stink on the boys. Yeah. I mean, they're not wrong. A lot of shade. Sam, Dean, and Bobby head to the shoe store to investigate a woman's death. They look at the surveillance tapes and see that Walter Rosen interacted with the woman soon before she died. Sam starts to get the sense he's being followed by a strange woman. Bobby uses a picture of Walter Rosen to track him down to a bar. Isaac and Tamara enter the bar and quickly find Walter. Now, Isaac is about to use holy water on Walter when they are quickly detected. The eyes of all the bar patrons turn black. The bar is full of demons. Isaac is handed a container of drain cleaner and under mind control is forced to drink it. No. Yeah. He collapses in a convulsion as the chemicals eat his organs. Wait a minute. It's it's mind control? I thought he was doing it to save his wife. No, no. They were like, you're going to drink this. And he's like, oh, man. Suddenly a car bursts through the bar door. And guess who it is? Bobby's car. (laughs) Sam, Dean, and Bobby fight the demons. They're able to escape with Tamara and take Demon Walter captive in the trunk with a devil's trap. Back at the house, Bobby figures out they're dealing with the seven deadly sins, demons identified in Binsfield's classification of demons. 
While interrogating Demon Walter, they figure out that he's possessed by Envy, who taunts the hunters. Tamara exercises Envy, killing Walter in the process. R.I.P. Walter. The six other demons soon converge on the house. One of the demons has possessed Isaac's body and is taunting Tamara. She stabs it in the heart with a stake, killing it, but accidentally breaking the salt line and letting the other demons in the house. It's a big demons versus hunter fight. In the melee, Sam is attacked, and the mysterious woman who's been following him suddenly appears and kills the attacking demon with a special knife and then leaves. The hunters overcome the demons. Bobby spends the night doing exorcisms. Damra leaves. Bobby leaves too and tells everyone to be on the lookout for omens. Sam tries to convince Dean to head up to Louisiana to see a hoodoo priestess to try and help break Dean's curse. Hoodoo? <laughs> oh, no. Not the hoodoo thing again. <laughs> I do. If he if he were to find, like, uh, some fecal droppings of this priestess, would it be hoodoo doo 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 what, 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 if the, what if the fecal droppings had uh, gone to the barbershop and, and gotten a quaff done? Would it be hoo-doo-doo-doo hairdo? Hoo-doo-doo-doo-doo. But what if it was a new hairdo? Would it be hoo-doo-doo-doo-new-do? <laughs> uh, Dean explains it can't be broken, otherwise Sam dies. The brothers argue about being selfish. Dean says he feels great and just wants to spend his last year having fun and killing evil. Wow, big episode. I didn't realize how big it was until I read the yeah. big summary. No kidding. Oh, so, uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, there's a lot lot, lot being set up here. I mean, um, I don't love that Dean's got a year to live. I don't love that part of it. No, but that's baked into the sauce, kind of. But man, he's really uh, taking advantage of it. Yeah, you know, so it's interesting, because I thought the episode was really good. I thought it started a little silly. Mm -hmm. Given where we came from mm -hmm. in season two, yep. I thought sort of like, Sam reading a book while Dean's sort of in the window giving him the thumbs up while he's, you know, it, it, it <laughs> yeah. felt sort of dated in that sort of like, ah, any girl will do. Yeah. Ah. No, I know, I know. You know. Definitely. It, it did feel dated. And, but it sets up this new character, new interesting uh, other demon character who's maybe going to help Sam, the woman. Oh, 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 yeah. No, there's who's... definitely some cool things. The Katie Cassidy character. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. some cool elements in here the couple the isaac and tamara were super cool characters they're and, great and the fact that their whole scene was conflict based you know when they a their character intro their intro to the, the show was great like yeah. knocking dean out and then that that upside down shot that kim manners did was like unbelievably cool it was just really such cool a, really cool shot such a cool shot yeah, hinging around that and then holding those shots and then Dean's hand just coming in going, uh, guys, a little help down here and bleeding was so funny. You know, Rich, and you're more behind the scenes than I am as a director. Uh, I can't help but feel at the beginning of each season that we're watching studio notes. They're going, all right, this season, let's let's play into the comedy with uh, Dean a little more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I'd, I'd like to see a little more sex going on. I want to see, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. CW circa 2007, 2008. But uh, anyway, that, I'm seeing those notes at play here. Like, okay, well, that's, that's a little different. Yeah, you might be right. But I will say that the, the shooting of all that was phenomenal, right? Because that's Kim Manners. Who knew and then when, when the conflict scene, the conflict scene where Isaac's basically saying, we're not going with you guys because you guys are, yeah. you started this whole mess and we're not, we're not te teaming up with you, is yeah. a great, is so well shot too. It's this really quirky shot of, Jared really close in frame and Bobby deep in frame, and they kept mm -hmm. focus between the two of them. It was yep. really stylistically awesome. And again, pure Kim manners, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, I like uh, a lot of Bobby, getting a lot, a lot more Bobby. Yeah. And I love that we've created this world where there are other hunters that can come yeah. in and out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the relationship between hunters is often antagonistic. You know what I mean? It's right. almost like a zombie world where it's like you're just looking out for your own. And everyone else is an enemy. Yeah. yeah. And all the other hunters are badasses. You know, these these two were no different. But the guy who played Walter was really, really good. Yeah. His whole monologue, sitting in the chair, you know, giving them oh, yeah. the business. I thought he was yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. And and on top of everything, we get uh, the seven deadly sins. It's always fun to have that in there. Really cool sequence with Katie Cassidy stabbing him. Really cool sequence with Dean taking that one girl's face into the tub with the with the cross in oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And burning her in the shot. holy water. That was yeah. such a cool shot. Again, Kim yeah. Anders has directed the daylights out of this thing. Yeah, he was on fire. So, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it's fun. Fun. To, no, honestly, I liked it more talking about it right now. Yeah, same in a weird way. And it, it just went such cool places. I just thought it had a bit of a stutter start would be the one thing. Well, um, in, the, I think, in, the, in, the, in the, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please. Well, I was going to say, I think the stutter start is what keeps me from giving it a completely full beard. I think, you know, our, we've had so many yeah. full beards in season two. I just don't think this is that for me. It's really good, but not Yeah, perfect. I'm going to agree with that. So it, it, let's, let's, let's do it since the holidays just happened. And uh, whether or not you celebrate Christmas or not, definitely you see a lot of Santa's face around. Let's give it, give it a Santa, a beard rating in, in the world of Santa beards. Okay. And no, um, was, it, was, it, was it a drunk Santa at a bad mall? Was it? That would be a big a unruly beard, so no. I think right. I think I think my I think my um my beard would be it's Santa, okay, if you're Santa related. It's Santa who knows that Christmas is almost over and has to go to a different job interview after this, and so it's a little trimmer than your full on ho ho ho, it's the middle of the Santa season. Right. You know, thing. It's right, you know, Mrs. Claus has already given him grief about putting on too much weight. He's already renewed the gym membership. He's like, Okay, the second I Drop these gifts off right to the treadmill. So, right. you know, he's just going to clean up that kind of thing of like, ah, wake up in the mirror, wake up, wake up in the mirror, wake up in the morning, see himself in the mirror and realize I got, I got to tighten the, tighten the ropes right. here. And he just trims it down a notch. So I'm going to go with like a well-groomed Santa. It's not a, it's not a full ho, ho, right. ho Santa. Right. It's a right. ho, ho Santa. I'll right. get a two ho Santa. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a similar thing, but from a different point of view, which is it's Santa in November realizing he has a month and it's it, he's got to grow this out. Oh, he's got it. You know, he's got like a half beard and he's got he's got one month to grow it back out. And Miss Claus is like, I told you not to cut it in right. September, and he's like, Don't give me gruff, Miss Claus. Dude, I mean, like, how not to get in the middle of their marriage, but how is that helpful? Because it's, you're talking about beard growth, and she's chiming in with this negative Nancy. I told I you so. Nonsense. Not going to help anybody. We're a I month know. out, sweetie, and it's a PR nightmare for me if I go out with a trim beard. How I do know. how do we solve this? Not how do you make my life miserable? That's exactly. what I say. To I know. Mrs. Claus. And he's like, not now, Martha. She gets she gets eleven months of the year. I know. Give the man December. You know what Please. I mean? Yeah, and it's all Good already Lord. stressful enough. You got make presents for all the world, and you yeah. got one month to do it. So yeah, so it's it's a it's a November beard. It's a November. It's a November beard for Santa. It's a for thanks me. for nothing, Mrs. Claus. <laughs> November beard. So we got a two ho beard, and uh, thanks for nothing, uh, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Claus. <laughs> November beard. Great, awesome. Well, for this episode, we have a real treat. We have two interviews. Wait, dos interviews. Dose interviews. Wow, we're doubling up the interviews. Uh, first up, we have Peter Macon. 
such a treat. We have uh, Peter Macon is here. He played Isaac. You can also see him on the Orville, where he played Lieutenant Commander Bordas since the launch of the series. He's had numerous guest appearances on TV shows such as The Shield, Dexter, Bosch, Law and & Order, and Shameless. Please welcome Peter Macon. Hey, Peter. You're raising the roof. I love it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that dates me. Uh, yeah. well, luckily, we're all the same date, so that's okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. nice, to, nice to have you on here, buddy. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. It's nice to chat. Uh, God, was it like three, I want to say it was like three years ago. I, I did a, a convention in Iowa, I think it was. And I forget the name of the con, but like they had the, uh, what was it? Is the Impala? Yeah, the Impala. Had the Impala there. Yeah, the Impala. So crazy, man. This person literally drives this car around the country to these conventions and people take pictures of it. So that was like my yeah. last my last uh, sort of experience with Supernatural. But yeah, I mean, and they were being like, Isaac, Isaac. I was just like, this is crazy. And like, <laughs> back when I had hair. Yeah. That's, that, that, that that's how you chart time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was fighting a good fight. But I look back at the pictures, I'm like, man, time to let it go. Time to <laughs> let it go. Your hairline is like back behind your ears. Um, yeah. You know, anyway. Here's a question. So you talk about Supernatural and, and that experience being long ago. So when you did the show, had you ever heard of Supernatural? Is that, were you familiar with it? Yeah, I mean, I kind of heard it, but it was like sort of out of my, it was not what I was watching because people would describe it as like, the Dukes of Hazard meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, I, I, I watched the Dukes when I was little. Um, but Buffy, I, I wasn't a big fan of that. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I hadn't seen any of the episodes. Yeah. So I just crammed, I just watched the first two seasons, like over a period of like two days and was just like, oh man, I, I get it. I love it. And I can't wait to get started. Yeah. You know, and it was yeah. my episode was directed by the late, great Kim Manners. Right. And He's like one of the most enthusiastic directors I've ever worked with. Because instead of saying action, he'd be like, all right, now, kick it in the ass now. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) It was was amazing. So it was impossible, you know, to not come up with it because he was just so, um, you know, he was just so, so enthusiastic and such a nice guy. You know what I mean? But I mean, I could tell he, he had lived. Probably a lot of bar fights. Yeah. But yeah, he was was great. So, you know, I, I hadn't heard of the show. And certainly had no idea that, what is it, 15 seasons that they did? 16 yep, seasons 15. or something? Yeah, and, 15, uh, yeah. I, I had no idea what I was stepping into in terms of, like, the sort of cult, you know, zeitgeist of, of the show. I mean, and so I, I, when, it, when, I, when it pops up, when I'm just sort of scrolling through the TV, I always tune in and see what, see what the boys are up to. But um, Jensen and Jared, they, yeah. were, they were so great. We were up in Vancouver, and that was the first time I'd had been up to uh, Vancouver and they were just like the kings of the town, man. Like they took me out and, you know, we went out like for dinner and like clubs and whatever. And every, it was just like, I was like, these guys are like mega stars. You know what I mean? And uh, I just, I had no idea. So, but it, it was a good time. I remember it vividly. Did you know Caroline who played your wife in that before? I did not. I did not. I met her and she's doing really well these days. So we kind of kept in touch for a little bit, but yeah, we had a, we had a, we had a blast. Yeah. Get, yeah great, I mean, great chemistry. I felt like I was, uh, cheating on my wife <laughs> <laughs> just going out to lunch with her uh because it was just so like you know we just had so much fun and she was just such a good spirit well that translated on screen which is you know uh, when you're coming in to do a guest spot and and people have to get to know you immediately because it's a quick arc you know i, I thought yeah. you guys did a great job yeah. and kim really set you guys up for success the way he shot your intro and and i mean it may be one of my favorite intros and so full disclosure rob and i are seeing this episode for the first time though we've been involved oh, in the wow. show forever we're watching a wow. lot of this mostly for the first time and yeah, yeah. dude your intro with dean and like the comedy element of it was so great 
Dude, just a hand coming in the frame going, a little help, uh, bloody down here. Like all, all those yeah. elements and the Bobby uh, re uh, reunion you guys had right there over his yeah, body man. on the ground was so fun and funny. Yeah. Immediately we got to yeah. like your, you guys, you know? That was the first time I'd ever held, I think, like a single pump shotgun, right? Like, and it, it had some weight to it. And I was just like, well, this thing is, is just going to put it, I was, you know, over my shoulder. And so all of the stuff, like all the elements just kind of like just made it work. I didn't really have to do much, you know, because of the, it was all very new. Right. And then like all of those weird, they weren't zombie people, but they were like, you know, like like nasty human beings. We'd be sitting at the lunch table and I'm like, you guys are weird. It was gross. I couldn't, I couldn't be around right. them. You know what I mean? It's yeah. So awful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Awkward lunch. Awkward, awkward <laughs> lunch. Um, so I'll just go back to my trailer and eat my lunch here because um, I'm going to throw up in my <laughs> the mouth. The dead people kind of are a bit of a turnoff when you're trying to enjoy uh, it. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. And it was just so much fun. I mean, that was kind of like one of my first, I don't know, it wasn't my first, but it was like the first time I'd ever done any sort of, you know, magical realism, super, like, you know, like zombie stuff. It was like with the contacts and the makeup and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, little did I know that it would, you know, take me to space. But, but, <laughs> but I mean, it was, just, it was just all so fun and like shooting at night with all the fog and like all the demons. And, you know, it was just, it was a playground. It was yeah, a, a total. That's awesome. Um, really creepy sets. Really, really creepy sets. Like, yeah, you know, especially that, in this episode. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't really f around with that stuff too tough because I, yeah. I know that it's like you know the spirits are are, are there and and I was I, I had like some little talisman or something that I just carried in my pocket because I'm just like I'm really I don't I don't play with that you know what I mean I oh really that's interesting that. yeah. so there's a part of you that uh, that kind of believes in that you just don't want to mess 100%. with that. I've I've had um, a hex put on me when I lived in Africa. Um, I had like a ghost or spirit, I should say, living in my house in New Haven, Connecticut, which is one of the most haunted places in America, wow. uh, by the way. Um, so yeah, I you know like I, I I've experienced you know like I, I'm sh I'm shooting a, a movie in Australia right now, and well, I'm actually home in Atlanta right now. But like um, after the holidays, I got to go back to Sydney and. You know, just like a few weeks ago, there was I, there was a totally felt like there was a spirit in my room, and you know, and it just was bugging me. And, I, and so I'm I'm really porous when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I I was a, I was a, a bit leery about you know playing with that uh, subject matter, but it made it you know that much more real. And the stakes were you know real for me, and I was just like, let me just be careful how I trod. That's interesting. Hollywoody, but you know, like uh, like I come from the theater. You know, I've, I've been in a uh, Macbeth play like seven yeah. times. Yeah, that 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 always freaks me out. Yeah, I mean, and I don't I don't play when it comes to that. People saying Macbeth in the theater, I'm like, dude, you don't mess with stuff that yeah. that that is beyond you, that's older than you. Why mess around? Why? Yeah. Why? You know what I mean? Why yeah. taunt this? So I'm, I'm you know, like, I'm, I'm porous. I'm spiritually very like porous in terms of you know that stuff. So. Listen, I, I think yeah. I think we should expound on that a little bit because our a lot of our audience may not be theater people. So explain the Macbeth. Uh, lore, if you will. Well, it's a play that deals with witchcraft and the supernatural and ambition and things that that are dark. It deals with a lot of dark, dark subject matter in the human psyche. And there's a and because the play is 400 something years old, it takes place in 1150 Scotland, where supernatural elements and spirituality and all that stuff is is very present in witchcraft quote unquote is very present and so there's a lot of superstitions that have gone, come along uh with the journey of that play being done and it has become it's deemed really bad luck to say macbeth inside the theater 
So people refer to it as the Scottish play, right? And there have been evidence, like there's evidence of countless productions going tits up, you know, when like... When yeah, no, people falling like, off ladders like, or... Yeah, and lights falling down on people, people yeah. having a heart attack on the stage, you know, so like, you know, it's, so it, it's a play that deals with like that dark other element and people really believe, myself really believe that like the spirits are, you know, like that are really paying attention to all that stuff. And and, and so you kind of have to set like a precedence. Like the last time I did it, like this director, we, we, we sort of ritualized the space and cleansed the space and, you know, like gave homage to like the, the spirits that, you know, that exist and, you know, not to be intrusive. I mean, it's just a really sort of respectful engagement with, so when we're, we're so, so they keep us safe, you know, because, you know, there was one time we were doing a fight and we had this big, you know, we're using these tungsten broadswords that sparked and stuff like that, but they're very brittle. And one, the guy who was playing McDuff, he hit my sword and we're fighting. And I'm like, why am I not connecting? I look down and I have half a sword and the sword had shot up stage and launched itself into the scene, into the, to the set. Now, if that thing had gone the other way, if it had gone downstage toward the audience, someone would have died. Right. I mean, so it's like kind of, you know, yeah, I just think that you have to be really respectful um, of of dealing with that. So, yeah, I get get nervous saying the name of that play any any time, whether because I'm like, could you you could technically do a play in my house? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I, I know. Mean, this is a theater. Technically. This is going to be a theater. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, I'm aware. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I don't try to, I don't take the piss out of it. But like, I mean, yeah. and I also like when people, you know, they're like, ah, I don't believe this. And then I'll say it. I'm just like, I, I literally, I smacked this guy in the back of the head. Yeah. And demand that they go outside the theater, turn around three times and spit, you know, just, just to, cause yeah. you can't, you know, like, what do we know? You know what I mean? And like, and yeah. like, again, like going back to Supernatural, I mean, the show's riddled and just dealing with that whole other realm of of stuff that is not here so and like these things don't exist out of just the imagination i think that like these stories and like these these plot lines and like this these these spells and all these things they come from things that are much older than 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 we are in this society and and it comes from a time when people that's all they had you know what i mean like um written word and you know and so you know and belief systems and you know, religion and things like that. So I, I just think that it's important to be cognizant and respectful of of why things are the way they are. Like in terms of why, where where things have come from. Mm-hmm. You know, like like the 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 lore. I just don't. I think it's, it's unwise yeah. to just you know flit about and not really uh, have a cognizance or an understanding that this stuff is rooted in a particular reality from a time when people that's, you know, that, that was people's spiritual, yeah. you know, systems and stuff like that. And, yeah. and so that's no, a good anyway. point. No, it's, it's a good point. And it really was, it is the, the engine that drives this show. And, it's, and, yeah, and I, mean, I gotta say, having done so much Shakespeare and classical theater, that really sets you up uh, to really nail a sequence in which you drink Drano because it has that sort yeah. of like Shakespearean uh, po- poison thyself moment. Uh. It really does have that, even though it's like uh, Gatorade and Jello. You know what is I mean? That what it, it was, is that what it was? Not, was it Gatorade yeah, and Jello? It was not fun. Um, but I mean, it was fun, but it was like, oh, okay, we have to do this again. Okay. Uh, again. I have to tell you, that was painful to watch. It was painful, it was painful to watch. Too. It was coming out of my toes. <laughs> oh, dude. It was like being waterboarded with Jello. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, there's a there's the quote for the episode. It's like being waterboarded yeah. with Jello, uh, yeah. and that's miserable. 
Like that's actually worse than water, I think, because it's just, I mean, I don't have much experience with being waterboarded, but I'm just saying, like, I just <laughs> think that it would be, you know, it would be a lot, it would be pretty it tough. Takes, yeah. It takes the pain and stress of being waterboarded and mixes it with the worst thing in the cafeteria and then boom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you actually have two, you have two great death scenes in this. You One by Drano and one by Steak. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. one of the, one of the few characters that gets to die twice, twice. in the same episode, in the same episode within like you know fifteen minutes or something like that. So yeah, it was it was it was horrible because because uh, Carolyn had to kill me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, I know that's fall down and like we like you know and then the stake goes through. But like yeah, I mean it was just I mean and it was you know I mean it was again like when we were filming in that in that bar, you know like walk into a demon bar like uh oh like if I'm watching this I'm like dude turn around leave. <laughs> That's no, what I no. said <laughs> when I was watching. Bad idea, I said. Bad idea. You know what I mean? And, um, and then, you know, like in Shakespeare, like people who die usually in Shakespeare earn their death. You know what I mean? Like they either kill someone or they do something really horrible and they, they, they was like, you got to die. And so like my mistake, Isaac's mistake was like the hubris not realizing, you know, like when you open the door, don't even go in. You know, you see what it is. Well, I mean, not much to his chagrin. Like he didn't really realize where he was until it was too late. Until right. the door shut behind him. But but yeah, you kind of earn your death. Like and I mean, that's I think that's really great writing too because it really comes like on the last eighth of the episode. You're like, I mean, it's going and it's going and it's going. And you're like, how's this going to resolve? And then it just resolves so very quickly. Yeah. And it was really great with all the background players and like everyone. Like we all had a good time. And then when it and they're like, okay, you're going to die by Drano. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was like, bust. I was like, how's this going to happen? This is, this is, you know, so everyone had a good time watching me squirm on the, on, <laughs> sure. you know, like, and that was, they were supposed to be demons in the, in the bar. They were supposed to be reveling in the fact that like this demon hunter is just going to get, you know, waterboarded with this Drano. And it was funny. Uh, so they all got to just let loose and laugh. And I think that that made for great shots of like, you know, them cutting to like the background players. Right. Really read. Cause they were, they were, they, never, they weren't like, Oh, like rutabaga, rutabaga. They were like really busting the nut, uh, busting the nut, busting the gut. <laughs> I'm really glad they weren't doing the, the previous. <laughs> that would have changed the tone of the scene a lot. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's the show I want to yeah, see. Well. Um, no, uh, but yeah, like you should follow just, Rob on YouTube. Really, um, oh, so here's a question for you. When, when, when you're, uh, when you're doing that scene, are the, do they all have the black contacts in? Yeah. Cause yeah. that's got to yeah, add to the things. creep factor, right? A bunch of actors staring oh, at you with the black eyes. 100%. But those things were so uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like just like these big black plastic things in your yeah. eyes and you can't see. Now they'll just, they just do it digitally. They don't even yeah, know. I know. This is like, this is back in the this day. Old school. Yeah. So that helped because it was like really uncomfortable and slightly painful. Um, and I felt bad for them because they had to have that, those things in on like all day. Right. Yeah. You know, like that, like my death scene was a night shoot. So like all night they had those things. And so I didn't dare complain about the few, like the little times that they would be, a, someone would come and take mine out, you know, like, I mean, I always feel a little bit weird, like on the, on the food chain, like when you're doing a guest star, like you're like a, you know, principal, you know, like on a show and like the way that, you know, you get treated as opposed to like the background gets treated. Sure. Right. 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 Being that background character a lot. Um, sure. But you got to use this is what it is. But, but yeah, those contacts were terrible. But it really helped, you know, like the tears of, you know, like yeah. your transition of 
I'm still slightly human, but I'm I'm transitioning to a demon and or vice back or vice versa. You know, it just really helped like physical, sometimes physical stuff like costumes and makeup and stuff like that really helped open up like emotional channels, you know, and it was really, really freaky. Like everyone like with black eyes looking at you. I, I it just I'm getting goosebumps now because yeah. I remember yeah. what that feeling was like. Um, and that's why I don't watch horror movies, man, because like that stuff is in my dreams all the time. So yeah, like, uh, I don't. But yeah, I mean, I'm just what a thing. What a yeah. what like, and I didn't know like, and I don't know if anyone knew at the time because it was only season three that like uh, yeah that it would just go on on and on and on. Yeah, I mean, who could predict? So. I think that show was on the bubble several years thereafter, so I don't think yeah. anybody had a. It was never a guarantee, you know until yeah i mean i wonder what the life of it is now i mean I, I i don't really again i'm not really up on it well i mean rob and i were just at a convention in nashville with you know 1500 seats filled you know for the show it it oh, still has its wow. because it's interestingly a lot strong. of people discovered it during it was already discovered by a whole slew of fans and then lockdown yeah. a whole younger generation watched the whole thing so then on, yeah. on uh, netflix yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They put it on Netflix now. I wonder. I wonder if they do a movie. Um, well, they have a prequel that... going on right now with that that Jensen's yeah. producing uh, called The Winchesters. Yeah. And the movie, I have no idea. Yeah. That may be a conversation that's ongoing, you know. But I, yeah. I wouldn't surprise me. And so you mentioned, by yeah. the way, that you you've done conventions, obviously for the Orville and probably some of your other work. And you mentioned sort exactly. of somebody bringing up this character. Is that happen frequently? I mean, are you often asked every, or every time? Every time. Yeah. And people ask me questions. I'm like, um, yeah, that was 18 years ago. So I'm just like, I don't really remember. But yeah, there, and people bring up photographs, stills from from the show. And yeah, I, 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 that's how I knew. I'm like, damn, this thing is huge. Mm-hmm. I'm there for a show that's on TV right now. And they're, you know, wanting autographs for that, which I, I, I'm, I'm honored. But I just, you know, I was like, wow, this is, I didn't, you know, but yeah, that happens. Like, um, yeah, almost time I do a convention, like someone comes and they have like some Isaac, you know, photograph yeah. um, or like, yeah, some, we'll carry around like um, a big giant picture of the Impala. And, you know, people like they do these festivals, mm-hmm. you know, professionally, and they have like all these signatures and they're co- trying to collect signatures from every Everybody. episode. Which yeah. Is, like, amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean, uh, yes, I, I signed something this this last weekend that was filled with characters from the show and I, I had a yeah. hard, hard time finding space. You know what I mean? Where, where, right. where should I right. go? <laughs> yeah. Down yeah. by the yeah. front tire of the Impala. There. Signing a, yeah. like signing a grain of rice. Well, uh, here's a question. Uh, did you, I know you worked on Orville and you worked with Adrian Palicki. Did you guys ever discuss, because, uh-huh. you know, she was, I mean, you call her an original gangster there. She's in the pilot. Yeah. Did you guys ever talk about that? I mean, uh, we, you know, like we talked about like my experience doing the show and, and her experience doing the show. And it was like, I was like, what? And I, you know, I was like, because I when I when I walked on the set um, the, the first day of the Orville, like, I mean, obviously from um, Friday Night Lights. But then I was like, God, I know you from from something else because I didn't watch Friday Night Lights. Mm. And then we got to talking and I was like, you wait, Supernatural. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, that was you. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like, yeah. and so we had a we had a bond about that. And we were we were buds. She and I like were really pretty close yeah no that was cool to have that in common that's cool and, and it kind of brought us together because like a lot of our stuff our characters on the orville we we had like uh we had a nice arc together so you know like it was it kind of it kind of done it did away with like the 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 initial jitters or the awkwardness of like getting to know you mm-hmm. so, yeah we had that in common which was cool i'm like damn who hasn't been on the show it's like the law and order 
of, of <laughs> it really is my shows. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're finding watching watching the series now for the first time. You're like, oh my god, you know, just finding seeing yeah. all these actors that have guest starred on this show. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You go back, you're like, oh, look at that person's on the show. Yeah, and not only American you know actors. I mean? You talk about Canadian actors. I mean, I think yeah. I think they used everybody in that town twice. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, the, yeah, because uh, you they ran through them. Yeah. You know, like when you do shoot in Canada, you have to have like certain a certain amount of Canadian actors if it, if it's an American production. Sure. You have to have, um, you know, a certain percentage of Canadian actors attached to it. So, yeah, I mean, I, they, they they dug deep. Yeah, but fortunately, yeah. Vancouver turned out a lot of phenomenal performers. I mean, it's a it's it's yeah. it's deep, deep well of talent up there, which is fortunate because if not, it'd be a, yeah. it'd be a challenge. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 fun for that reason to shoot up there. Like, because you just see, you know, I run into people working on different projects when I'm up there. I'm like, that I hadn't seen for years. I'm like, oh, 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 of course you're here. You're up in Vancouver. Um, like Chad Coleman, who played Clyden on the Orville, he, I think he's up there shooting like a Superman uh, uh, TV show, or he's playing a villain, like sort of like up there. And they all put you at the at the the Sutton place. We call it the Slutton the Slutton place. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like all kind of, most people are just staying in this hotel, so you just you get yeah. in an elevator, and there's like you know like Eamon Walker or so, yeah. who who knows? You yeah, get on the, yeah. The lobby, the lobby's a who's who. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's fun for that. Yeah. Well, Peter, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Uh, it's it's nice to meet you and to get in touch with you. And, um, yeah, yeah. you know, you were great. You were great in this episode and uh, you really made quite an impression. And, uh, yeah, it's great to have you on. Well, thank you. And um, if I can so shamelessly put a thing out there. Please. For, uh, the the new uh, The Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is what I'm shooting in, in, in Australia. And that'll Fantastic. be out probably uh 2024 because it's it's all like mocap and phone yeah app and um but yeah like it's you know it it it'll be it, it's, it'll be amazing so wow. i guarantee you i will be there front and center i love those movies me too i love them yeah, no, it's, it's gonna be a cool and it's directed by wes ball who directed the maze runners and um yeah i mean it's just a lot of fun so anyway Excellent. It's, it's, like it's just nice to have these chats because um especially about you know work from so long ago and it's just nice to like have you know, like the span of like uh, the you know, just to put it all in the same hopper of all the stuff that's going on. So you might see traces of Isaac in my character. Oh, great! That's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Thank you for being here, and congratulations on Planet of the Apes. I can't wait to watch that. And again, Thanks, just Josh. another example of uh, you know incredibly strong talent gracing the screen of Supernatural, which is what made the show so great and and so long living. So re- yeah. we appreciate it, you being a that, part of this conversation. Yeah. We'll be right back. You can sense it calling out to you. New reality seeks you. Join the journey to save Anomaly. Place where sound is magic. The only way to enter the world is by looking inward. Along the way, you'll learn potions, chants, and enchantments that will help you both in that reality and yours so answer the call and let your campaign begin featuring the voices of ruth connell from supernatural and dead boy detectives there are ordeals ahead yet with guidance you will face them head on without fear todd stashwick from star trek picard and 12 monkeys when the time arrives 
Wherever your journey takes you, be there with no attachments. And R&B singer N.C. Gray. There are worlds, realms, dimensions, and realities beyond yours. Anomaly is a role-playing meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios such as learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land vanquished by a dragon, but all connected by a shared mythology. The goal of guided fantasy role-playing meditations are to help you cultivate a sense of wonder, curiosity, balance, and joy in your inner world. Role-playing meditation is a form of escapism and relaxation, as well as a creative outlet for the imagination. The first campaign is an introduction to the world of Anomaly, its lands, magic, and secrets. In the eight chapters, you'll stretch your imagination, learn to center yourself, offer forgiveness, find confidence, relieve stress, and stop racing thoughts. Your true self will emerge, allowing you to manage your goals and dreams without confusion, distrust, or self-doubt. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Or visit seekanomaly.com to learn more. Anomaly spelled with an I-E, not a Y. Seek Anomaly. Hear its magic. Thanks for listening. Now, back to the episode. And now for our second interview. We have the distinct pleasure of talking with Josh Doherty. Josh has been featured as a guest on a number of television series, including CSI, Charmed, Nine One One, Grey's Anatomy, Mr. Mercedes, and The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. Uh, please welcome Josh Doherty. Hey, Josh. <laughs> nice wow. crowd sign. Crazy. Who now, is he? people need to know that, like, when they hear this interview, half this interview was recorded before we introduced the man because we started yeah. talking immediately. <laughs> about Oregon and whatnot, but just to circle back to where we were, yeah. um, you were talking about, so I, I had leapt to the conclusion that you lived in Los Angeles. You do not. Tell us about your origin story in Georgia there. So yeah, so I grew up in Eugene, Oregon, did a lot of community theater, and at one point thought I might want to get into opera. Wow, that's I didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, and, and then I realized, oh, I just don't want to work that hard. And then discovered jazz and, and remain a, a huge, huge jazz fan to this day and thought, ooh, maybe I'll do jazz. But then I was like, no, I like nice things and I like to have money. So I'm not <laughs> jazz. Um, but then moved to uh, moved to L.A. in January of 98, did a little over 20 years in Los Angeles and moved to Georgia in June of 18, where we live now and never saw that coming until it was like, oh, I guess we're moving to Georgia. I just never, never would have guessed that I would live in the South. Because What being, series of events led to it? Part of it was my look changing um, and going from the late 20-something Taco Bell guy to now, oh, I'm a middle-aged white dude. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's yeah. not a million of me around, are there? Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, after 20 years in L.A., and L.A. is my second home, I love L.A., uh, 
I absolutely love LA. I've still got family in LA. Um, I, I wanted to just try something different. I wanted to explore something different. I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to do something that was a little scary. And so we picked up and moved to a new location and planned a wedding and bought a house and started a business and took on as many stressful things as humanly possible. It's been wonderful. And, is and your I'm, wife Southern at all? Is, is there any connection there? No, no. That's the, the funny thing is uh, she grew up in the military, um, but her parents are both from, well, one's from Portland and one's from Ashland. Oh, wow. So she oh. has... Uh, Oregon roots as well. Oh, which, cool! Which was part of the the groove that we hit when we met. It was like, oh, Oregon, oh, Oregon, yeah, right, right. So, yeah, our Oregon roots run real deep, and and we we value them. We're such West Coast kids. Yeah. Well, that's was, that's a nice segue back into your acting career because you are really really good in your episode of Supernatural. What um, do you remember about the audition process? Yeah, for this specific episode. The audition process. I remember giving myself permission to be as gross as I could be mm. because in the, in the interrogation scene is where you really get to see envy's disgusting nature come out. And, you know, being a hippie Christian Zen Buddhist stoic, whatever you want to call me, you know, it's, it's all, I, I try to live my life doing the right thing, right. doing the right thing for everybody. Right. So I get to do things in acting that I would never do in real life, which is so much fun. And so I got to make him kind of gross. And I remember giving myself permission to do that and feeling really good about it and going, oh, that was a fun audition. Oh, man, that felt really good. OK, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then when I got it, I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be a good time. That's great. Yeah. Now, you know what I loved about uh, you, what you did is I love the choice at the beginning when you take the trash out. I love the choice that this is a different guy than the guy that gets possessed. You're yeah. kind of a, <clears throat> a nerdy guy. You, you, you compare your car to your neighbor's car. It goes by quick, but like, I'm like, oh, well, I really clocked that you're, you know, playing that guy, not quite comfortable in your skin, perhaps. Then, then the demon comes in your mouth and boom, then you, you know, you change. Yeah, uh, that was cool. That was really Was cool. taking out the trash, was that the first thing you shot? I know I'm asking you questions that are. Rob and I can't remember what we had for breakfast. So, yeah. You know. we, I'm right there with you. So I'm like, God, we shot that in, I think, 11, 8? I don't remember when we shot that. That was like uh, 2008. Was it 2008? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So that was 14 years ago. Am I doing my math right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a long yeah. time ago. Woo! Um, Actually, it was 2007. The episode aired uh, on two, in 2007. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So you may not remember. You may not remember. And that's okay. Yeah. I I. I don't remember specifically, but there are, I do have some great, great memories um, of working the show and I'm sure we'll get to it. Working well, let's talk about that. So like what, what stood out to you is, because again, you're, you're so critical throughout the whole show. What, what stood out to you as a, one of the more positive moments? I really felt good in the interrogation scene. Um, it's kind of, you know, the biggest scene mm -hmm. for my character in the show. And it's a great kind of, it's, it's mostly a monologue, certainly Jensen and Jared and Jim and Caroline, we, you know, we all engage at one time or another, but Kim Manners, who directed that episode, may he rest in peace. What a beautiful man he was. 
he called break at one point and <laughs> Jensen pulled me aside and he was like, dude, you are killing this. And I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, oh, bro, we're having so much fun watching you. And I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah, that's huge. That's definitely. awesome, man. That's awesome. I know the stress of being a guest star. You're, you know, you're definitely a guest in somebody else's house. It's nice when the hosts like what you're doing, you know? Yeah. And, and, and they were, everybody on that show was just totally without ego. They were just so welcoming and so kind and so encouraging. And it was just a, like everybody on that show was just great. Uh, it was a really cool family and the guys were awesome. Uh, had you heard of the show before doing it? Yeah, yeah, I certainly had. Because it was one of those shows that was like, oh, here's these two f***ing handsome guys. I hate them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then I get to work with them. And I'm like, oh, and they're cool to boot. I and know, right? Now, now I really hate them. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I had worked on it. And I, and I always kind of thought, I'm not as tall as those guys. I'm not as handsome as those guys. So who knows if I'll ever get on that show, but I did. And, and we had a, we had a ball. It, the, the first day I, I do remember this, the first day I shot something, I walked into the makeup trailer and Jared was uh, on one side and Jensen was on the other side and they were kind of talking back and forth and they sat me in between them. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, Hey fellas. And one of them said, Hey, it's, it was one of their birthdays. And like, you want some scotch? And I was like, 10 o'clock in the morning. I'd love some scotch. So, they, so we start, we start pouring scotch in the makeup trailer. And I was like, thank you. This is a quite a fine welcome. Yeah. Uh, that sounds about like, right. That tracks, <laughs> yeah, that that tracks for sure. Now, um, when you, when you're the demon and you've got the black pupils, uh, were those contacts? Yeah. That's, I think you're one of the first guys we've talked to who've worn those. Oh, really? Well, well I mean, because it became, later, later on when, when, when I was directing the show, there was now visual effect. They would do a visual oh. effects on them. So it wasn't yeah. the actual contact part. And yeah. they look so cool. I mean, they, it, cinematically, it looks amazing. Yeah. But do they suck? Like, what's it like wearing yeah. them? Yeah, yeah it no, it, 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 um, they felt like they were the size of a bottle cap. Yeah. You, know, you just shove this thing into your eyeball. And, and they didn't shove them. They were incredibly, uh, everybody took wonderful care of me. But it's weird when you're not used to having this thing in your in your head and you got two of them. It was odd. I enjoyed it because it was a kind of a singular experience. And that's mm -hmm. something I'm not likely to do again. But it was definitely weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, How was it walking around? I mean, like, was, did, it, did it impede visibility? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It it, it kind of looked like at the end of a Looney Tunes cartoon, you know, when the black kind of does that. <laughs> right. Moving your head all around. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've had to do that a couple of times. It is. uh it's it's a weird experience right for sure yeah yeah That's yeah it's hard hard to keep your eyes like open and normal looking you know the whole time you're kind of like uh, <laughs> yeah well that's cool that you know you got to not only be on the show but you know play a demon wear the contacts go all in you know well that monologue is sort of just to hang your hat on it thing i mean just which you nailed character. by the way which yeah, you were you great did. in you did thank you fantastic work you also thank don't you. know when you're watching this episode so rob and i are watching this stuff for the first time and watching that episode, at no point when I see you looking at the garbage can and it's rattling and all this, do I think that you're going to be doing just like, you know, plot hinging monologue in the middle of the, you know, you know, like I thought yeah. you were going to be the, you know, killed early or something, you know, like. Right. You just, you yeah, that's what we that assume. Coming. Whoever's in the first scene usually doesn't make it through the episode. You yeah. know? <laughs> right, right. And so yeah. they have you down and, and, and there's a couple of cool beats for you, even in the bar. 
when it's the seven deadly sins versus everybody else. That's a dope fight sequence. You we know? had so much fun with that sequence. I got to tell you, man. Oh, my God. It was like a ballet. It was so much fun to shoot. Cool, cool. A good, a, a well-choreographed fight sequence is just a thing of beauty. Yeah. And we had so much fun with that. Oh, that's great. Was that a day? Was that like its own day to do all the bar stuff? It, feel, it felt big to me. Yeah, it was big. It was big. There were a lot of moving parts. And of course, you know, crashing the car into the side of the bar. And yeah. Like, you know, you've got to, you're throwing holy water on everybody and throwing punches. And then, you know, all right, Josh, we've got to throw you into the trunk of this car. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound fun. Um, <laughs> and then we got to make sure that when we slam this thing, it doesn't cut off a finger or a toe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What well, was you know, that like? I, I watching that sequence because that's an awkward thing, right? To like Dean, the act, the character's got to get you in the trunk of the car, which means Jensen, the actor, has got to get you, Josh, the, the actor, to go in there in a way that makes sense to the story. Yeah. And that's an awkward. That's an awkward assignment. It looked great. I mean, it looked like it was part of the fight. It was organic. It did. Yeah. You know, you, you run the risk of doing that thing of like you know, oh, I tripped and fell into the perfect spot. Like, it, it, <laughs> we, you guys avoided that trap. And I mean, I guess Kim Manners and Lou Bolo get a lot of credit for pulling that off. But you guys did a good job of selling it, of, of selling the organic nature of that, of that exchange really well. Well, I think we were having so much fun together that it just became a natural part of us just having fun together. And, you know, I have to say, like, Kim... I will always value the time that I spent with Kim because I, you know, it's funny how many times I mentioned Kim in my classes that I teach in Atlanta, you know, because he always used to go, all right, pump it up, pump it up, you know, and he would just get everybody's any, everybody's energy going in action. And like, you, you can't go into the scene without getting pumped up because here's the Here's right. this dude who's five, six. How big? He, he wasn't not a, big, a big guy. Not a big guy. You know what I loved about Kim, too, is, you know, being a kid from from, you know, got some country background. Kim would Kim would say, all right, set up the shot. I'll be right back. And he'd walk over and he'd pull a dip out and put it in his lip. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. <laughs> big fat dip in his lip with his with his mullet. You know, he always had a mullet. Yeah. And I going, who the f is this guy like oh <laughs> oh right yeah yeah but he was such a beautiful storyteller and was so great to work with i'll never forget working with kim and yeah wow. he was a, a really wonderful wonderful guy it's funny he gets that review yeah. and i know that you know we remember the the highlights in someone's passing but nonetheless he gets just rave reviews from everybody who worked with him because he was also like tri you know cutting edge tv director he was doing streaming caliber directing on network caliber shows. You know what I mean? Back in the day before there was such a thing. Right. You, I, I actually yeah. remember him setting yeah, up the shot of my interrogation. And then when you notice, you know, it kind of starts on me and the camera comes around and Jim lands, Jared lands, Jensen lands or, or uh, Caroline Chikizi lands. And it was just this beautiful, just the way he set up the shot was effortless and cinematic and it was gorgeous. The way they lit that scene was beautiful. Am I nuts? But I felt like that very shot you're talking about and it see that maybe it's that shot or a different one, but there was one where I'm pretty sure it's this, where we come across you to Jensen and Jensen then leaves 
and it, the camera keeps going around, and all you, and then Jensen has gone off screen to grab a weapon, and then Jensen comes back in and continues motivating the camera move around the circle. And we're yeah. thinking that is dope. Like that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everything makes sense. I don't care why where he went. Now I know where he went because now he's got whatever he needed. We didn't have yeah. to see it. Yeah. And it kept motivating the camera move. It was such a such a, a elegant way of executing that sequence. It's a great word for it. I, I, I elegant is a great word for it. Yeah. Yeah. Dope is another Dope good is word. Another. For it. Fly. Fly works. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Rad. Rad. Uh, yeah. Rad tells a story. <laughs> and then you got did you get the I mean, obviously your 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 heavy lifting was with Jared and Jensen and Jim Beaver. Was did you get to hang with the other demons at all like the seven deadly sins you guys were you had a day in the bar with them yeah a, a little bit um a, a little bit you know i ended up hanging a, out a lot with peter macon we uh we got had the pleasure of speaking to him oh, right good. before you he, you know it's yeah. funny he's like i saw him online i was like hey man where are you at these days he's like oh i'm in atlanta i'm like what oh yeah. my gosh so you guys yeah. have met up in georgia well we're going to yeah yeah you know what's interesting he's got a great oregon connection he uh, went to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival and played Apollo for like right. five years. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Oh, my God. I mean, he, that guy, wow. when it comes to acting, that guy is just a, he is a pro. He is so. Yeah, he told us he did a lot of regional theater and just traveled around a lot. And I thought, wow, I wonder, I'm, I, I used to do that as well. And I, I wondered if we knew some of the same people, but there was no time to ask. But yeah, he, see, he seems like he's seen it. He's weathered it. He's played some of the greatest roles ever written. And oh, that's without really cool. a doubt. He, he, he is the consummate yeah. working actor. He's, he's well-trained. Yeah. He's well-traveled. He's, he's a, yeah. a, a, a brilliant individual in spite of his acting or yeah. regardless of his acting. He's just mm-hmm. an incredibly, like he just challenges me on so many levels. Yeah. Like, oh, like a real, yeah. real uh, intelligent and I don't know, uh, experienced guy, not just in work, but just in spirit life. Yeah. yeah. And Oregon Shakespeare, for those listening, is in Ashland, Oregon, and it's probably known as the one of the best regional theaters in the country. It's, it's world renowned for uh, Shakespeare. And has some of the best actors. Some of the some of the best actors I've ever worked with have been in regional theater performances. The world may not know their names, but they're they're playing some of the most challenging and best roles ever written. Um, yeah. terrific. Well, yeah. that's cool. I love it. You so, so I feel like we're bringing people together now. You two are gonna <laughs> yeah, hang yeah, out. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> the Oregon connection. You're going to be sitting together yeah. on the podcast and then uh, together in life. Yeah, okay. I'm in. Sounds great. <laughs> well, Josh, thank you so much for taking the time yeah, to man, talk to great. us. And uh, thank you for including yeah. you guys. This is, this is uh, you know, Supernatural was one of those experiences that I really, really value. Everybody on crew, the writing staff, uh, working with the guys. It was 11 days of working with really beautiful people and um with a with a, a great show and a show that you know I, I hear a lot of people say oh, i'm really proud of this that and the other and yes i'm i'm proud of the work but i'm really more grateful to have been a part of it because it was just such a such a such a cool show so thank you for that's awesome. bringing me in on this this has been a lot of fun well thank you for being a part of it yeah. you did a great well, job in the episode and it's a standout terrific thank work thanks you guys have Cheers. a great holiday best of luck you bet thank you bye-bye Hey there, this is Jensen. I hope you're enjoying the episode, uh, but we need to pull over for a second for some messages, and I gotta take a leak. Hey guys, it's Rob. So check this out. I'm very pleased to announce that we have a new super sponsor. That's right. 
Marvel Strike Force. So Marvel, the one and only Marvel, has a mobile game. And it's a comic book fan's dream. Marvel Strike Force is it's a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. So, okay, so your goal is to power up your favorite characters and you complete missions and then you unlock fun stuff like gear and other resources and then you beat other players in a PvP, player versus player mode, such as Alliance War or Real-Time Arena. So as we, as I record this, they're enjoying their six-year anniversary. So you know what that means. Free stuff. Free stuff, just for signing up via the unique link in the description. So the anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. So make sure you log in every day, each week, you take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code for every new user, so please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. All right. Thanks once again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thanks for supporting Supernatural then and now. And now, back to the show. Well, that was great, Rich. What uh, two fantastic guys, very similar in a way, two like classic actor guys. Yeah, classic actor is a good way to describe it. They're both like trained theater guys, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. working together. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, really uh, glad we had the opportunity to do that. And I, I, I honestly, I feel like they're both of them were the kind of guys that we would actually hang out with. Yeah, really, and just both of them are so good in the episode. It's, again, Kim Manners bringing together great talent to, to make a great episode. Uh, it's just awesome. Yeah. And an Oregon fella who lives in uh, Atlanta. I know. You and he have uh, that in common as well. Exactly. Both our interviews were of gentlemen living in Georgia. What did that tell you? What does that tell you? No wonder it's a state turning purple. Um, but now, I hate to interrupt you, but now it's time for mythology. Mythology! So Peter Binsfeld's classification of demons. Peter Binsfeld was a German bishop and theologian who lived in the late 1500s and was considered a prominent witch hunter during his time. Huh. There have been a few demon classifications written by members of the Catholic leadership. Others include... Marvelous History? That's the name of a book of yeah, they really, demon classifications? Yeah, Marvelous Weird. History. They really bragged about it going in. Weird. The, tr- the Treatment of Solomon is another one. That'd be the Testament of Solomon, but yes. Testament of Solomon. But you know what? <laughs> I, I wrote one called The Treatment of Solomon because I didn't appreciate the way they really ran, him. ran into the coals. And then a, 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 a title that I love to say uh, every morning when I wake up, Cornelius Agrippa's De Occulta Philosophia. From 1533. Cornelius Agrippa's De Occulte Philosophia from 1533. <laughs> Much better than the one that came out the two years later in 1535. 
Uh, also, people don't know this, but uh, Cornelius Agrippa wrote another <laughs> book called uh, Of the Confessions of a Warlocks and the Witches. <laughs> oh, my bad. Peter Benfield also wrote another book called, called Of the Confessions of <laughs> Warlocks and Witches. Now, I know you think, could that be his accent? He was German? Yes, he lived in the Little Italy neighborhood in German. In German? In Germany. <laughs> in German. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was it. Peter Binsfield, very prolific for his time. Quite, and hey, just, you know, for a witch hunter, he was also a great author. Which witch hunter? Rich. Ah. Fun facts! Fun facts! Fun The title comes from the 1960 Western, The Magnificent Seven, featuring Steve McQueen and Yul Brenner. Do for the audience your spot-on Yul Brenner. Nobody does Yul Brenner like Rob Benedict. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Benedict as Yul Brenner. My name is Yul Brenner. <laughs> and scene. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I know most of you probably have a working knowledge of Yul Brenner's voice. Most of you, uh, uh, at least if you're under 25, you know, you've got a good sense of Yul Brenner. That's spot on. Yeah. And I don't have to tell you that. Yeah. Well done, Robbie. Yeah, thank you. The line, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son, is obviously from Animal House. Uh, it's a famous line from the 1978 comedy National Lampoon's Animal House, said by Dean Wormer, uh, played by John, what's his face, to uh, John Belushi, who played Bluto. That's right. And I just want the audience at home to know a fun fact of that fun fact. Richard Spate was not reading that. He just knew it from memory. He was a big fan. Yeah, I did. Big fan of the movie. I, 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 I saw them. I saw that that line came out. There were several lines in this episode that were from movies. They were like they they quoted. I, there were three that I counted. They were pulling from other films. Interesting. Yeah. What are, What are the other ones? I, well, I didn't keep notes. Okay. And um and there you are. I actually might just look them up at some point and I'll talk about them next time because there were, it, th that was one of them. Well, There's he also he also mentions uh, seven and says, "What's in the box?" Right. Okay. Yep. Right. That's seven. Yeah, That's right. That was good. Uh. And this then, one I didn't recognize, polling the electorate. And usually I would uh, pick out a Simpsons reference. Oh, but yeah. right now it says the polling of the electorate is a line. It Polling the electorate is a line from the Simpsons uh, where local cops joke that when Mayor Quimby is polling the electorate, he's uh, actually meeting with an attractive young woman for a motel room encounter, which was what uh, That's funny. Dean was doing uh, on top of the show. And then Envy says the line, I am legion for we are many. And uh, Rich knew this, but I had to look it up. This is a line from the New Testament, the book of Mark, right. chapter 5, verse 9. You naively thought it was from uh, Luke, right. which is uh, right. embarrassing. That's, uh, that's but true. I, I set you straight. Thank you. Did you know that the shoes the woman uh, who was influenced by Envy kills for are green? And green is the color uh, most associated with Envy. She was green with envy. Interesting. Does that come from Shakespeare? Oh, the green with envy part? I don't know. Um, interesting, interesting. Uh, those certainly were fun facts. Hold on, there's one more piece of that little fun facts. John Vernon played Dean Wormer Got in it. Animal House. Got it. So that was a line delivered by John Vernon playing who, Dean Wormer. Who was Dean, literally the dean of the school, not his name wasn't Dean. He was the dean. No, he's the, the dean, dean of, of the, the university that the boys were attending in Animal House. But I think there's a link there, to too. John Belushi. There's a link there, too, that Dean, that he was a dean. Ooh, he was a dean. dean. That he was a dean. Right. Yeah, good one. Um, well, that was a fun podcast. I'm, I'm happy that we were ripping into to, to season three with guns a-blazing. Yeah, man. My guns were a-blazing. Super fun, as always. It's good to be back. 
Oh, it's good to be back. I hope you guys all had a great holiday, a great break. Um, got some good family time, man. Hopefully, maybe some good friend time or maybe some good alone time. Whatever kind of time you wanted, I hope you got it. And it's great to be back with you, Bobo, and producer Steve to tackle season three. That's of right. Supernatural. That's right. And you look at you both are looking great and trim and it, you just you look very, very 2023 to me right now. Well, let's wrap this nonsense up, shall we? This episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester and Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester. Guest stars include Katie Cassidy, Jim Bieber, Caroline Chikizi, Peter Macon, Josh Darty, C. Ernest Hearth, Michael Rogers, Katya. Vershilis, Ben Cotton, Gardner Millar, and Tiara Sorensen. Lord have mercy. (laughs) So glad that wasn't me. The Magnificent Seven was written by the lovely Eric Kripke and directed by legendary Kim Manners. Edited by Anthony Pinker. Music by Christopher Leonards. Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. The original broadcast of this episode featured the following songs. Health Bells by ACDC. You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet by Bachman Turner Overdrive. I Shall Not Be Moved by J.B. Burnett. And Mean Little Town by Howling Diablos. This episode originally aired on October 4th, 2007. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spade Jr. and Rob Benedict. Produced by Stephen Hine. Written by Stephen Hine and Heida Hulsher. And edited and associate produced by Trey Booth. Music provided by Tim Wynn. The episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, won't you, at SPN Then and Now. And become a member of the podcast at patreon.com slash SPN Then and Now. You forgot the WWW. Well, I feel like that people know. Ah, probably right. There have been a few demon classifications written by members of the Catholic leadership. I just, I'm, I'm stuck on the idea that, like, he was a prominent witch hunter during his time where there were a bunch of, like, low rent witch hunters running around and he was, like, top dog. Like, you yeah, know. He was, yeah, he was top dog when it came to witch, witch hunters. What if they couldn't be specifically pointed out by anybody and people were confused and they go, wait, which witch hunter? And then, and then what if they had done financially well for themselves and they're like, wait, which rich witch hunter? And then one of the guys named Rich was a uh, witch. And so, like, Wait. What if they ate at the fast food restaurant Witch Witch? Then we'd all, then our heads would explode. Go ahead. You got to do it. <laughs> and they'd be the Witch Witch Hunter, Witch Witch, Rich. Did you say the eyes of all the bald patrons? <laughs> only the dudes with the receding hairlines are proof. Few people possessed. know this, but demons, all, only demons are bald. <laughs> Suddenly a car bursts through the bar door. Guess who it is? It's Baby. And inside Baby, Sam, Dean, and Bobby. And they get out of... It's not baby, buddy. <laughs> it's Bobby's car. Just so you know, that whole run is making it into the podcast. <laughs> There's no way. I need people to know that you don't know the difference between baby and a different car. Any other car. Hey. Happy New Year. Same to you. Same to you. Right. Story Mill Media. <laughs>